We recently just had a coat drive to give coats to the homeless and whatnot. I'm also part of the Brewster Chamber, which is another thing where we get all the businesses in the area to come together as a whole. In addition to that, I'd like to say I'm part of the Powerhouse Gym on 22, where if I'm not doing real estate tasks, I'm most likely at the gym or doing kickboxing at 8 in the morning. So if you're looking for me, those are the only two places you'll find me. With that being said, let's move on to the main talking points of the episode. Now that we got down to that information, let's get to the main topic of this episode, which is whether you should buy or rent your property. Now, there's a lot of pros and cons going either way, but there's one point I want to get across that it should really matter, first off, whether you're financially ready to buy a home. Or if you're not ready, if you don't want to buy a home, keep on renting. Because a lot of people in our society are getting pressured by their neighbor's kid who's the same age as them, just purchased their third home. You got your older brother, younger brother who just purchased a home. You got your parents yelling at you. Why haven't you bought a home yet? You got a real estate agent who smells of commission breath who just wants to sell saying, go buy a home. And that's just pressuring you into buy something you're not ready for which is the worst thing that can happen. Because when you're not ready to buy it, you dread every minute of it from the day you find that realtor to the day you pay off the loan, you're dreading it every single day. That's not something I want for you. I want you to feel amped up every day, say, this is my home, and I'm ready to do home stuff in it, to say the least. Now, a lot of people feel bad about renting, but I know a lot of successful people who find renting is better for their situation. Now, it goes a step further. These people are moving on a yearly or bi-yearly basis, so they don't have time to buy a new home and sell it and buy another home and sell it again. They have to rent out a property. Now, as soon as they get somewhere where they know they're going to stay for 10, 15, 20 years, they're going to start buying a home and investing in that home. But for the meantime, they're just going to keep renting and moving from place to place because that is how their schedule fluctuates. They need to work and make be accommodating to their schedule. And that's the number one flex that's the number one thing that renters have on their side. They have flexibility. A lot of people are paying month to month or year to years or however the lease might be written up. And they can move out whenever they like. No strings attached. You also don't have a lot of closing costs to worry about. You don't have to worry about paying taxes. You don't have to worry about maintenance. If the sink breaks, you just call up your landlord and say, I need this fixed. Sends them right down the way. That is a beautiful thing. But the only problems are you're not building equity in the property. There's another problem. You hope your landlord isn't going to increase the rents. You also hope he's not going to sell the property or give up renting the property and just 
just live in it himself because that'll hurt you and then you'll have to find another property in however period of time that might be. You also have to think about the opportunity cost. For those of you who are unaware, the opportunity cost is if I do this, then what will be the outcome? Let me give you an example. Let's say in one hour period, I have one hour to get food. I can either get seven apples or 12 fish. Now the opportunity cost is greater if I decide to go fishing for that hour as I will receive 12 fish. The opportunity cost is less if I decide to pick apples and only collect seven. <clears throat> That's how it works. So same thing. Now, when you buy a home, you're essentially forcing yourself to save money, which is also a beautiful thing. If you're financially ready and you're not that great at saving money, I say buying a home is the way to go. Because when you think about it, it's a giant piggy bank. Because every single month, let's say for the time being, it's $1,000. You're paying off principal and interest every single month month until it reaches the value of zero and you paid off completely and you own the home free and clear. Now let's just say you're renting the property. What is the opportunity cost for you? What are you doing with that extra thousand dollars a month? Are you going to invest it? Or on the flip side, are you going to be bringing it to the mall and spending it on the Gucci stuff or uh, Michael Kors or stuff like that. That is the opportunity cost you need to find. If you know you're going to invest it. Did you know that this past year the S&P 500 went up 20%? And on historical averages, you can expect to see about 7% per year of growth growth in the S&P 500. So if you can consistently invest in that, you will increase your wealth exponentially. Will you invest consistently in the S&P 500 or other indexes or even individual stocks? Or are you the kind of person who's going to go and buy the new Gucci jacket or the Michael Kors bag? That's something you need to figure out. It also reflects how much you're putting down. The same thing applies. Are you going to put three and a half, twenty percent, fifty percent down? But if you didn't put that money down, what would you be doing with that money? Would you be investing it for a nice return? Or would you be going shopping and splurging on the newfound money? That's something you have to figure out because that is a key factor. The opportunity cost goes a long way and you can use it in every which way of life. Let me go a step further. Buying a house also provides you with a number of tax savings, tax benefits, Tax credits. Let me go into detail. So first off, let's say you sell the home for $250,000 over the value of the home. Which, you know, recently that doesn't, that, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, these past six, seven, eight months, we saw prices go above $120,000 over asking which is by the US government, the capital gains are not taxed if the profit is exceeding $250,000, which 
That doesn't seem too bad to me because the government is providing you with incentives where they want you to buy properties. They want you to be a homeowner. So they provide you with these incentives such as if your profit is greater than $250,000. Now that is only if you're single. If you're married, that profit is $500,000 now, which that is a beautiful thing. And in addition to qualify for this, you have to live in the property for two of the past five years, which means if you own it for five years and you live in it for the first two, and then you rent it out for the third one, fourth one, and fifth one, what do you got? And you made a profit on it? When, when it becomes a rental, it becomes a business. And you'll get to write off the mortgage interest, you get to write off the tax, the property taxes, you get to write off the depreciation for the property, you get to write off operation expenses, and a whole list of other things. Again, talk to your CPA to find out more information. Now, that doesn't sound like a bad gig. And here, here's another thing that's great about it. If you work at a home, let's say you're a um, self-employed, your home office is 600 square feet, give or take, you get to write off 600 square feet as a home office. That, that's a beautiful thing. As long as you only use it for office work, you get to write it off right there. Boom, take it off the tax return. Boom, boom, boom. That sounds awesome to me. Now, Here's another thing. If you were in the armed forces and you have to move, and if you're in the active duty, you'll be able to write off your moving expenses if the government is not reimbursing you. That sounds pretty good to me. All your moving expenses you get to just write off as long as your base is moving to another location and they need you to move with it. That's not, that doesn't sound too bad to me. You also get to write off any medical improvements that need to be done to the house. Like let's say you need a stair lift because your mom or some dependent, your spouse or anyone can't climb the stairs anymore. As long as the expense is 7.5% of your AGI, which is adjusted gross income or greater than that, you can write that off. And that is another beautiful thing. Again, there's a whole lot of different write-offs and a lot of them target you renting out properties and giving you benefits that'll save you money in the long run. And we were gonna go more and more in depth into this in later episodes. Like I said before, I can go on and on and on about renting out properties and the benefits of renting and how it'll put you in a better financial situation. But for the time being, I think it's a great way to end this podcast. Thank you all for stopping by and listening to my little spiel. want to let you know that next week we'll be having Warren Hangel on, who is a loan officer at Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. And he's going to be talking to us about VA loans how they work, and 
how you can benefit from them. If you have any questions regarding what I said today, or VA loans that we'll answer next week, please feel free to reach out at 845-538-0468. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks again for listening.